0: You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Thursday, October the 26th, brightening up somewhat after a pretty damp start here in TW11. What's happening around the world this weekend? Well, here in the UK... We've got our eyes on both codes. Eight have been declared, as I speak now, just after 10 o'clock for the Faturity Futurity Donks to the final Group 1 of the season in the UK. And a big Godolphin-Coolmore traditional clash here between Diogo Velasquez representing the dark blue and the royal blue of Godolphin represented by ancient wisdom. James Doyle versus William Buick. Aidan O'Brien. ...versus Charlie Appleby. This is a good clash between two talented two-year-olds. Let's hope the weather plays ball at Doncaster. Lots to enjoy at Cheltenham and Aintree over the weekend... ...as well as the jump season cranks into gear... ...and we will be hearing from trainer Ollie Murphy... ...who has big shots in both the big novice hurdles... ...at Cheltenham over the weekend... ...and has news of perhaps his most exciting youngster... ...who will reappear at Weatherby next week. Further afield... ...the global stage starting to converge... ...as it does at this time of year... The Cox Plate is nearly upon us. Later in this program, you'll be hearing from Blake Shin in conversation with J.A. McGrath down under. And I've been speaking to Australian legend Gay Waterhouse not only about her bid, amazingly, to win a first ever Cox Plate with her co-trainer, Adrian Bott, but also some of the money she's been sending at Tattersall Sales this week. Whilst yesterday, pre-entries were announced for the Breeders Cup. Always an exciting moment when you suddenly start to realize how these fields are taking shape. As I welcome in a man who will be doing plenty of international traveling over the next few weeks, Lee head, he'll be bound for Australia for the Spring Carnival. Uh Cox Plate entries out, but Breeders Cup entries out as well, Lee, and that is I think where we must start. Uh what are the key observations for you?
1: Um key observations for me, Nick, are that um the Breeders Cup turf, a race that when when i was a lad when you um when you were similarly youthful um i think it was a race that had greater stature greater status than it's come to have in recent years it was a a huge target event and i think that that rather faded in recent years and some of the horses that we were sending there and winning the race with weren't of i said the stature that we had come to know in the past. But this year's Breeders' Cup Turf could be absolutely momentous with August Rodin, King of Steel and Mosterdaff leading uh, an incredibly strong European challenge for that race. King of Steel also has the, the Breeders' Cup Classic, but as a secondary option. So I think the Breeders' Cup Turf, Nick, for European racing fans could be the race of the two days um we have a smattering of stars across the rest of the the two-day card at Sandranita. um Paddington you're speaking about him on on the pod with with Jane yesterday having been given entry uh for the Hong Kong International races he is entered in the the breeders Cup mile um along with the Godolphin pair Morge our master of the Seas we've got many of the horses that we knew were going to be in there, horses like in Spiral in the Fillion Mare Turf, and of course in the uh, in the Sprint Living the Dream. Um, not as many juveniles, I think, Nick, on the Friday card as we have come to expect, largely relying on Aidan O'Brien in those races, with a few notable exceptions. One being Big Evs in the in the juvenile. Turf sprint, but but for me, Nick, looking at those two days and, and the races at Santa Anita, the turf is the one that's
0: exciting me most. The turf with three, maybe three and a half, maybe four top class Europeans. If you add Ernesto, the arc third to King of Steel, Mostardaf, and August Rodin, don't forget Aidan O'Brien might run Bolshoi, Ballet, and Broom as well, which give him a controlling hand in the race. One of the best american turf horses i think we've seen for a decade up to the mark is also in there but most at this stage is the highest rated horse in the race and he'll be ridden by jim crowley i asked him uh, what he was thinking about his trip to america his uh, trips there in recent seasons have been few and far between
2: oh i'm very much looking forward to it nick um i haven't been for a few years and um we just hadn't really had the right sort of horses to go over. I think the last run well, I had was Mustachery, and I chose to go to Melbourne because um, they were very close together at that time. But So it's great to go back. Um, I, I went out there oh, a good few years ago now. I had a ride for Richard Mandela on a horse called Lord Shanakill uh, at Santa Anita. So that was the last time I was there. So I'm very much looking forward to going back.
0: Uh, there must have been a little bit of you on on Saturday after you'd sort of seen and and witnessed the first couple of races that breathed a bit of a sigh of relief when when they decided to take uh, Mosedaf out, wasn't there?
2: Yeah, look, he's, he, he'd won on soft before, um, and but it wasn't soft; it was heavy, and it was a bit of a, a bit of a slugfest there. Um, and I was quite relieved when he didn't run. Obviously, the year before when when Baeed got turned over oh, because of the ground, so. Um, I thought he'd always be tailor-made for America as well. So hopefully it, it all comes to plan, really.
0: Is it just a ground thing that makes you say that? Is it just the fact that he likes fast ground? Or is there more to it than that?
2: Well, he, look, he prefers fast ground. He saw that in Saudi. Um, you know, those sort of tight tracks. He, he was very impressive that day. and Like I said, at Ascot, um, anything could happen. He would, obviously, he got some funny results not always the best horse wins on Champions Day so like I said I was quite relieved when when he came out.
0: Um, Saudi you mentioned that people sort of forget about that because we remember Royal Ascot and the International uh, the grin on your face when you pulled up in Saudi made me wonder whether in fact that was the kind of that was the best feeling he'd given you.
2: It, it was I mean he, he'd always been sort of he'd been a nice horse and, and we tried him in group ones and he'd run very well and you know he was he looked like a solid group two horse but he went out there he got his conditions and that's when I thought right we've got a real group one horse here on our hands um and he he absolutely blew them apart that day um so obviously and then for him to go and back it up at Ascot, and then on and on at York so it, it was great
0: uh, mile and a half is still a mile and a half even if some of it's downhill and even if it's around a tight track talk to me about how you think um, he'll, he'll act on uh, over that trip
2: I don't think it'll worry him too much I mean the thing is he, he ran a mile and a half against Equinox and I tried to chase Equinox the whole way whereas the likes of Westover and the other horses were all held up off the pace and they finished their race better and I think also he runs well fresh um Look, I am not too concerned about the trip. I think he is—he's a very, very good horse as we've seen over over ten. But obviously, a mile and a half around there, as he said, is a mile and a half. But you know, it's downhill for the first furlong and a half, and then you are around two, two turns. So it's a very uncomplicated ride. He can sit where he's happy, and you can—he's got as we saw at Ascot, he's got a turner foot as well.
0: So if they go out and and try and make it a a real test. Bolshoi Ballet, August, and so forth. You're just quite happy to sit off it and use your turn of foot.
2: Oh, for sure, yeah. You know, he's he's a very uncomplicated ride, and I think round there as well, it's it's important where you're drawn. Um, you know, it's uh, it's obviously a tight track, tight for the first turn as well, and that bend. So you obviously want to get a nice position, but I'm not too worried about him to be honest. I think he's he's an uncomplicated, uncomplicated horse. <laughs>
0: And it's not as though you're unfulfilled because you've, you've achieved so much and won so many big races, but is there a bit of you that thinks, yeah, I could do with one of these absolute marquee international prizes at the moment just to just to sort of put my name on that international stage? Yes,
2: yeah, looked like any jockey it's, it's fantastic to win group ones in your own jurisdiction, but when you go abroad um, you know and you, you want to win big races on the on the international stage that's that's what it's all about and that's where you get your kicks and we get a lot of pleasure from riding abroad um so it'd be fantastic you grow up watching the Breeders' Cup and it's nice to go there now with a with a horse with a very good
0: chance. Jim Crowley there Lee Mottishead still with me amazing to think Jim Crowley hasn't had a Breeders' Cup ride. I think since 2009 Lee <laughs> but this is a <laughs> yeah. this isn't a, just a big one this is a this is a huge one.
1: Yeah, as I say, Nick, it, it's a it's a potentially sensational um races. And I have to say, of the of the European challenges, Most is the one who excites me most and who I think could be best suited by the the Breeders' Cup turf test. I know that we have come to uh, see Mosta primarily as a mana quarter performer, and I know that connections have said themselves that they see him as a mana quarter performer. But I just sense that the the mana half around the bends of of Sandranita could be right up his street. I think he'll have more toe than his principal European rivals and I suspect that Jim Crowley should be able to put that to very good use. I'm much happier seeing Mossadaf in this race than I would have been seeing him in the champion stakes on Saturday.
0: All right Breeders' Cup pre-entries have just been announced and if you're just having a look at the work tabs and you have a look at some of the horses that are, are coming to boiling point just at the right time, Um, in his own backyard as well you need to put a call into Bob Baffert and you need to start with Arabian Knight who's the least experienced but one of the more credentialed in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Right Bob let's get to the big horse straight away. Expensive horse, good form, impressive in the Pacific Classic, great run in the Haskell is he good enough to win a Breeders' Cup Classic do you think? This one in particular
3: Well he's he's a horse that we've always, you know he was, you know, he he was you know, he cost a pretty penny but uh, he worked uh, uh he was pretty impressive. there was no secret there in buying him purchase price but uh, we always thought he was a, a top class horse. He broke his mate last year Keenan looked like uh, you know showed that he was how, how good he was uh, had a little setback you know he couldn't make the derby or anything so uh, we got him back and uh, the Haskell was sort of a didn't go as planned wasn't ready ready for it. Uh, tight schedule, didn't uh, the race. And the horse was just learning how to run because I'd have taken him to the Southwest and he ran really well there off a the layoff. And it was really impressive because he won on a muddy track, hadn't run in a while, handled the shipping, everything. And he, he won this, you know, he's just a good horse. And, but the Haskell was sort of, sort of a disaster. But uh, we learned a lot from that. And the horse is really matured his uh, Pacific Classic was a good race. He looked like um, top of the stretch. I, I thought he was just gonna, you know, give it up, give it in, and he just found found another uh, uh, another gear and kept on going. So we were surprised by that. And so, and since then, he's continually to move forward and mature. And, and working really well. So, you know, he's coming in. He's going to have to improve off his last. You know, he's going to have to run faster than he has. But um, I think he's up for the task. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speed in there, and he's a speed horse. I don't know if he can sit off a horse. Um, we, we don't know. It, it, you know, the break's going to be so important for him. Uh, but he is doing very well and been working strong in the mornings. No, I, I, I just I don't think he'll... I, I think the the, the pace is going to be an important factor, especially with a horse like Saudi Crown in there, who is you know is extremely—he's quick, he's fast, you know. So, so here's
0: here's the thing with with Arabian Night—you're you, going up up against Go Rocket Ride again. You're one each at the moment. Uh, Archangelo is currently favored in most places—the uh, Belmont Stakes and, and Travers Stakes winner. Um do, do you see Archangelo definitively as the horse to beat or do you think the 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 orthodoxy is underestimating the West Coast form a bit
3: Well I I think Go Roger rides a very talented horse I think but I I've, I've always thought Arabian Night was a um, special horse uh from since we've had him and he just finally just getting into form where we're gonna see the best of him. And I just, I, I really don't look at the field. I don't really worry about the, I'm, I'm one of these train. I just worry about my own horses getting him there and you know, to, to make sure he brings his A game. Cause if he doesn't bring his A game, it doesn't matter who's in there. So I'm looking at it as I, if he's ready, you know, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Just every Breeders' Cup I've won, I've brought him in there knowing they were going to run their their race, you know, and the timing is perfect. So everything is, you know, we're still, you know, out a little bit, but he, you know, he's doing really well. And I, I feel good that he'll, he should run a good race, but to me, it's a, it's, it's, it's all, it's the Breeders' Cup is a championship. It's, it's a, it's a class uh, check you know, do they have a the class to, to, to keep going against top competition, this will be his toughest task, and so it'll be everybody, everybody that's in the race will be their toughest task, you know, and so, but we're, I feel like he's one of the top horses in the race.
0: Mm, for sure, you've got a super filly as well, who's been improving all season at Adair Manor in the in the disc staff, and, and possibly she and uh, Brad Cox's filly, who won at Keeneland, will be the, the big two in the market here, and they're they're big units, the pair of them. She seems to have improved hand over fist this year. Is is she just filling into herself?
3: Yeah, she's a big filly and she sort of sort of has the same sort of style. I think Brad Cox and I were gonna be button heads mm. <laughs> a lot all week long, you know. But uh you know it's going to be a a fight for the fight for the there's a lot of speed in there you know fight for the lead so you know the break that's when the break comes in important who can who can handle it so but she's a she's a, a a filly that you know she hasn't run against uh you know she's been running against different type of fillies you know she's never been you know where those other fillies have been running against some top fillies so that's That's where the but I I, she's doing really really well. I'm happy with the way she's she's running and uh, um, and she's been working well. So Mm. you know that that's the you know the the break and the pace. You know the pace is going to be important for her.
0: And you've won the sprint already a record amount of times. You're already the record holder in that race. Speedboat Beach again seems to have reserved his best for now. You know this is this is the coming force.
3: Yeah, he's always been a. Highly, you know, last year I ran him on the turf because I I kept him away from, I had cave rock and we wanted to separate him and, and he slipped living the gate and the shoe came off and hit him in a, in the belly area there. Uh, So um, and he was doing really well. I freshened him up and I thought I'm going to bring him back. And I think he is, I think he'll love going, going one turn and, and, you know, the timing was just, we just barely made it. I was, I'd like to have gone in an allowance race, but there wasn't any. And so, um, I threw him in that, in that stake race and he ran a very credible race. And since then he's come back and worked really well, Nick. So I, now he's, you know, the screws are tight. So he just needs to, right. you know, like the, the you know, the brakes important, the post position so important, the brake and the break and sprint.
0: Um, now you talked about the turf a minute ago and you do remind me at least that you have had the old runner in breeders cup turf races you've not won a turf race at the breeders cup and you have a runner this year in the mile called du jour who is owned by jill baffert Um so this could be a, a pretty rare victory all round are you, are you feeling a bit of pressure from owner or the fact that it's on the green stuff that you're not normally renowned for
3: no, I think it's fun. I think it's fun for her. She she, she gets excited and, and she was, you know, she's, you know, she's excited. She has a horse in the, uh, but she's a realistic. You know, she knows that we're going you know, to be up against the uh, uh, the Europeans and they come in there and they're tough and we don't know. But it he's doing really well and he was a horse that went off for him. I gave him a year off, brought him back, and uh, he ran great you know two really good races at del mar and um but it, you know you have to get really lucky in the mile you know you have to you know there's so much luck involved you know you have to uh uh but i i almost i came in second just got beat ahead in the british cup mile at Gulfstream park once a mare named Tulza, Tulza and uh she was but she was a european mare that i bought and so uh I have come. Cl- that's the only time I've ever come close. I had
0: a second. And is it all joking aside? I was kind of teasing you a little bit, but is it a, an itch that you want to scratch? That getting a getting a nice turf horse and winning a race like this.
3: Well, I mean, I would have more turf horses, but we're, our program is geared for these younger horses. That you know, in America, you know, if you have a good dirt horse, they're you know, it's all about you know. Building value on a stallion or a mare like these, uh, the stallions for turf really there's not a lot. They're they're nice to run. There's good purse money for them, and you can run them till they're seven, eight years old. And so, uh, but uh, it, it's fun to have a <clears throat> a good turf horse because it's exciting because when they you know they they turn for home, you're waiting for them to you know hopefully that they have that kick and you know they can you know it was fun winning those races. Yeah,
0: I bet. Um, and obviously, we associate you with great success with the two-year-olds as well. You've won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile more times than anybody else, or as many times as anybody else. Which of the two-year-olds should we get, should we be getting excited about?
3: Well, you know, I, I, it's the um, there are three really nice horses. I, I think you know, Prince of Monaco was um, he's really he's a fast horse. Uh, Moose and uh, Wind Me Up. You know, they've been two turns. They ran really well in the in the prep race. Prince Monaco has not been two turns yet. I pressured him up. He ran two really, you know, hard races. At, and, uh, but he's doing really well. And so until they get that two turn, you just don't know what they're going to do. You know, I've never, even the when I ran American Pharoah uh, two ter- turns for the first time, I wasn't sure what he was going to do until he turned for home you know so that's as as a trainer you think you know i mean i've had a lot of horses i thought they couldn't lose first or second time out and they, they 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 didn't they got beat but when i sent them two turns they were just a different animal you know so i i think they're all three of them are i think moose and prince of monaco they're two outstanding individuals wind me up he's right he'll be right there and so And and those horses from back east, that Locked and Timberlake, they're good horses. So, uh, I mean, I think post position is going to be really crucial there, too. You don't want to be on the outside.
0: I found it now. 1999, Gulfstream Park, held up, good headway, two furlongs out, hard ridden over a furlong out, finished well, beaten a neck. Tuzla, ridden by David Flores. Yeah. Um, beaten, she, was, she was closing, yeah. Yeah, beaten by Silic and beat Dockside, Lenderhand, Hawksley Hill, and Brave Act. Uh, you were 137 to 10, nearly 14 to one. You're not 14 to one to win any race at the Breeders' Cup this year, um, Bob. Thanks so much for your time today.
3: Well, thanks for um, thanks for the chat for the chat, and I uh, we'll, can't wait to see you here.
0: Uh, chipper Bob Baffert there as well. He might be because he's heading to a Breeders' Cup in his own backyard with a whole clutch of good chances, he even fancies half winning a race on the turf in the mile. And Arabian Night. If you were listening to the first part of that interview, you'd have been left in no doubt that he feels instinctively that this is a horse with the credentials for the Breeders' Cup Classic. Uh, Lee said is still with me. Lee, we'll turn our attentions now to what's happening on these shores more immediately. Uh, start perhaps with the Camaco Futurity at Doncaster Saturday. This is a good clash between two very good horses. I think I'm really looking forward to this.
1: Yeah, absolutely. humdinger again, Nick. Um, I've I, I've, I would be in the the ancient wisdom camp. Um, I thought um, this, listen, Diego Velazquez could prove to be a well yet another high class member of this current crop of a O'Brien trained juveniles indeed more than than high class he could go on to be a proper group one star um but i love the way ancient wisdom won the autumn stakes at newmarket um there wasn't really a clear indication that day that charlie appleby was minded towards sending him to the futurity so i think the fact he has been brought into this race is interesting and I just suspect he will be a quicker animal um, than Diego Velasquez on Saturday albeit in a race that uh, speed might not necessarily be the the prime asset uh, given the the conditions at Doncaster but it's a fascinating race it's it's Coolmore versus Godolphin and as you said yesterday Nick on the pod it's one Godolphin jockey versus another Godolphin jockey or be the
0: other Godolphin jockey is riding for Cornwall <laughs> James Bally Doyle. Ah
1: that's yes, good that.
0: I know I could do you, have I got is there a is there a subs job
1: there? That ah, is good. Well you probably haven't got time to be fair, but it, but if you do, I'm I'm sure we could utilise your services.
0: I will find the time. Now Bless um, you. in case you're thinking oh they only concentrate on the big horses, the big name stables spool back if you will and listen to Roger Teal on Dancing Gemini earlier in the week and also uh, David Menuisier who uh, fancies his chances of winning uh, a second group one within a week after Sunray there's some serious jumping this weekend here's Lucinda Russell ringing me right now Lee let's get her into oh, the show how exciting Lucinda, you ring me at the perfect time um, I'm here with Lee Motta said we're recording the podcast live how are you doing
4: Thank you. Very good. I'm glad you
0: answered the phone. Then I, I all would always would answer the phone to you. I felt I had I had to talk to you today because there there are so many stable stars out this weekend. There's too many to name, um, but I think we better start with the with the big boy Cora Rambler. He's going to go to uh, Kelso, isn't he? In the Edinburgh Gin, to, is that to Saturday or Saturday? Isn't it?
4: Saturday. Yeah. So we have a. It's funny with these with these good horses. Uh, your options of where to run them. Are few and far between, and and you know that last season we only ran him four times really to to accommodate uh, with the Grand National, so we have to be quite careful about where we go. And we had to run him at this weekend. It, it tied in with thinking about going to Haydock next. Um, so yeah, it was either here or Cheltenham. I thought Kelso uh, seemed an easier race. He's not giving away so much weight, um, so that's why we have picked, picked Kelso. And also, I like the track, and I. I think that the uh,
0: they present the fences really well. I loved last season the way you kind of worked your way through the campaign with him. And, you know, it wasn't all about having every screw turned right from the outset. Is it going to be similar this time? Or do you expect him to, to go there and, and put up a bold show at the weekend?
4: Yeah, you're right, you know. And, I, and we always say, it's interesting because we've just had the same thing with Apple Away. So we always say that... you it's really about the, the the main season targets at the end of the season. So um rather than having to to wind them up and wind them up first time, it's it's about making a plan. We're, we're very lucky. We've got a brilliant, brilliant team behind us, as everyone says. And in particular, we've got a very good race planner. And uh through him we can sort of make an make a sort of plan about where we're gonna go. And I think some of these good horses, they don't need race. All, all the time we know we can get the fit at home and you're right it's just a matter this is the first time out I, I don't know how my nerves are going to feel you know from an emotional point of view it's going to be very very hard because I with this horse and you know we lost a horse the other last week and, and it really hit everyone so hard and I, you know it's it's you know, the, the idea of having to race this horse ever again, the idea of having to race any horse is, you know, it, it worries you because you just don't want them to get hurt. But equally, I don't want to turn them out in the field. You might get hurt out there as well. So um, I'm off as a bit of a tangent now. But but basically, we, we've, we've got to make a plan for the horse. We've got to let him get better as we go. And uh, that's that's the idea behind it.
0: You know, you've got to stay, stay strong, uh, Lucinda, because SKU is going to be a complete wreck. So one of you is going to have to, um, you know, kind of, keep the stiff upper lip
4: yeah i know excuse just come into the room just now so uh he is um he's already getting i don't know i don't know whether we should take some sort of medication i'm worse than that i'm going to be down at cheltenham so he's going to have to look after Korak on his own but uh you'll be all right sku
5: yeah he- okay Makes you think about every day what um about it and you know you think to yourself that, what is it uh well, this 30 said there's no secret so close as between the horse and rider. And Corey tells me he loves what he's doing.
4: I mean, after that, I, you know, he, he he's delighted to be out exercising. Uh, whether he loves, you know, he loves racing, he loves it. Um Serra, K after that, you
0: know. He's looking after you, Skew. We know that. and And you're looking after him as well. So. So we'll keep our fingers crossed for Korak this weekend. He's become a huge public favourite, obviously. There's some serious, serious talent in this yard. And you run a horse this afternoon at Carlisle, Javinko. called Jovinko. Now, when I was up with you the other day, you were all purring about this horse. Um, as we've got closer to race day, uh, how are you feeling?
1: I think because he's... The better they are, the more nervous you get. Um, but he, he seems to have come on from last season... Um, His performance at Perth looked outstanding, so you know he's just got to you know. I hope he jumps and um, shows his form, and the rest
5: is up to the lap of the gods. But um, I I couldn't be happier sending a horse to the races than the form he's in. You know,
4: it's funny. He's a he's a you know. I worry about everything. I have just said to you about how emotional we get, how much how anxious we get, but actually, and I. I often say, all you have to do is go and see the horse in the stable. Yeah, you know, I look at Giovinco. He's a lovely horse. He's powerful. He's strong. He's very intelligent. He's by Walking the Park, and because of that, he has a he has an awareness about things. Um, and he, you know, I'm 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 really looking forward to running him. I think he he probably will step up three miles in time, but I think starting him off over the two and a half distance is ideal around Carlisle. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to to him running.
0: I'm not going to mention all these horses, otherwise I'll be here all day and I'll keep you here all day. You're not going to run Apple away, is that right?
4: That's right. So we were that took a long time. So as you and your listeners will know, we, we declare at ten o'clock, and I think it was only at about two minutes nine nine fifty seven that we decided not to run her. It's a small field at Cheltenham, but um, we like starting them off low key and then building them up and I think uh for her she's a Philly. I want to start her off low key. So we might uh we might take her to Weatherby, which might not be low-key, but uh yeah it looks like to be a good race. Race,
1: but we'd have two up but we're we'll give her a run out we'll probably give her an entry over uh, it's just because I'm nervous. Yeah, we could. She actually jumps fences better than she does hurdles. it's just it was just the children factor I I'd love to get her running
6: over fences. I know she's been to pointing, and then you know she's got lovely opportunities after that. If I can just get a run into
0: her. All righty. Well, we'll look forward to seeing her. Uh, Do your job. Who was with uh, Michael Scudamore last year, Lucinda? Now up in in your stable in the old Rhone. He might just be quite well handicapped. Are you gonna are you gonna go for that with him?
4: Yes, I think so. Um, he uh, are those with Michael this year. He's uh, Gabby, his girlfriend, rode him all the time, and she's come up with us so up to us. So so really, it's. Uh, he's had a different different gallops but uh the same handlers around him he's a funny horse he's he's quite a um I was just saying to Gabby this morning he's quite an anxious horse and he he can get worried about things in his stable and stuff and it's a good thing that she's always with him because he needs her security um I think the the Two mile four round entry. I think it's going to be lovely for him. I think he's a he is one of our best horses that we have in the yard, and I think he deserves to, to take his
0: chance in this race. And we spoke about your own story the other day. Now he's going in the feature handicap on Saturday at Cheltenham. Is he quicken? Is he quick enough for that? He's
4: not going in the feature oh, he's,
0: handicap. he's not going. Not running.
4: I, I made a mistake. Uh, no, he's not. He um he had a foot abscess. We couldn't run him at Carlisle the other day. He had a foot abscess, and he just hasn't had a really clean uh, sort of uh, week coming into this race. So we did enter him, but no, he's not going to go. He's actually going to go for the Carlisle for the Cumberland Chase at Carlisle. Uh, that's right. um, And I think that's. I definitely keep an eye out for him. I don't know how long your memory is, but uh, I definitely think about him for next time for that Cumberland Chase. It
0: at at canal yeah my memory is not as long as the trip that he needs i suspect Uh, ahoy senor ahoy senor we spoke about on this podcast yesterday and i was i was rather excited about the idea that he could go to newbury potentially for the coral gold cup is that still the plan yeah
4: it is the plan yeah yeah definitely i mean i'd like to run him before then um we'll see how we get on i don't know if we're going to fit in a race course gallop and then he's he's down to run at uh weatherby um and we'll just see how he how he gets on. But he's in he's in great form. He's uh we scored him the other day and he jumped the best he's ever jumped. I always say that, but he did jump the best. He jumped straight. Um I don't know if any of you technical people will know, but uh quite often he'll change his legs just in front of a fence sort of five or six rides out, quite far out, and change onto his right lead, but um he's stopped doing that. We've uh I think we might have found something that, that was the reason for that. So uh we've um uh seem to have managed to get him to jump straight now so whether he can yeah. do that in a race i don't know but if it does it might take him it will gain him a few lengths
0: anyway well anything that stops those smart asses at Cheltenham preview nights turning around and going "Oh, senior he jumps like a billiard table i can't have him and
4: <laughs> i never listen to them
0: good don't um uh look, looking forward to seeing him looking forward to seeing all of them especially Corak rambler i hope the nerves hold up thanks lucinda thanks skew good luck you much have a good week bye there you go Lee
1: do you feel up to speed timing Nick timing perfect and who who was who was that that gentleman you were doing an impression of there that was that was that was most impressed. Bit a Dick Emery there I
0: think it was just a generic it was just generic. generic was it generic
1: okay well there's nothing generic about Lucinda Russell and Peter Scudamore um doesn't that get you excited um really great people and my goodness they could have a a stunning season. Um, they really are a yard on the up, and there are so many exciting horses there that they have to uh, run this season. Starting, of course, up with the with the Grand National winner on Saturday.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I've also been checking in with another trainer who's got some serious chances this weekend. Uh, jumping, uh, Ollie Murphy, who has some good, good novice hurdlers uh, out at Cheltenham, and I began by asking him about Active Authority. Nice horse, Nick. I um,
7: hope I'm doing the right thing, going straight to a grade two after only one start. Um, he's an authorized he He's got a, a a slight mind of his own. But uh, if he races professionally, he switches off. I don't see any reason why he won't run very well.
0: And the following day, a horse called Butch in the three-mile novice hurdle. Completely different, very much a jumping pedigree, this one. Uh, and that was a very impressive performance over three miles at Suddle last time. Is that an accurate measure of his ability or is that a, a fluky summer race?
7: No, he's a horse I've always liked. um, Nick had a very stop-start campaign with him last year, had health issues. Early on in the season um, was a good performance at Suddle, first run over 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 three miles. Um, big staying pedigree, will go chasing in time, but uh, he's got a bit of experience and yeah, looking looking forward to running him. I just hope we we have plenty of ease in the ground. He wouldn't want it too quick now if it was to have a,
0: have a dry couple of days. Everybody's familiar with your stable stars, Ollie. If they aren't familiar with the horse that made his debut in a Weatherby Bumper last year and won, they ought to be. Indyvar Blur. I'm looking forward to seeing this horse. Can you give me an update on him?
7: In good form, um, scored well over hurdles. Sean Boehm was actually in this morning and gave, gave him a jump. Um, we'll start off maybe at Weatherby next week. Um, again, another horse just needs a drop of rain. Um, but uh, yeah, a horse we love by a good sign, Blue Brazil. And uh, hopefully he'll be a, a prominent English novice through the, through the season.
0: I mean, am I right to be re- re- quite excited about him? Uh, you know, he, he, the, to the eye, that looked really very, very special.
7: Yeah, I think so, Nick. I hope, I hope you're right. Um, I always liked him at home, albeit he was big and backward and and, and weak last year and he's owned by a very good man in, in, in Graham Wakeley and I actually rang him and said could I just get on and run him and, and, and leave him run off his, his merits without getting him on grass or anything like that so uh, he surprised me in the manner he won um, for the simple fact he hadn't done loads at home but uh, maybe that's a sign of a good horse and uh, he jumps well and he's by, uh, by a fantastic sign Blue Brazil so he's one we're looking
0: forward to. Uh, the Sean Bowen tie-up seems to be working extremely well. Uh, do you sort of feel maybe for the first time that you, you've, you've really clicked a trainer jockey relationship that can, that can that can work to your advantage?
7: Yeah, no, listen, 100%. I've also been very lucky um, with, with Richard Johnson when I started out and then Aidan Coleman. But I've got a a real, um real close bond with Sean. We work well together. Um, he wants to ride the good ones, the bad ones and the ugly ones. Um, so, yeah, we work well together. He's a, a hungry young man and uh, I'm delighted he's riding the majority of the yard.
0: And from thoughts of Cheltenham to Mooney Valley, thanks to Ollie Murphy there, as we head to Australia And get our introduction to the Cox Plate before we hear from a couple of the leading protagonists with J.A. McGrath.
8: The Cox Plate is Australia's premier weight for age race. A mile and a quarter on a small track, nine furlongs around and tighter than Chester. It's a champion's race, though not always won by a champion, if you get my drift. First run in 1922, it's been run by practically every big-name horse to have graced the turf in Australia. Some of the names, Farlap, won it twice, Tullock, Gunsind, Dulcify. The magnificent Kingston Town won three Cox Plates, which we thought would never be repeated. Then along came Winx, who won four. In the context of British racing, status-wise, the Cox Plate is a cross between the Judmont International at York and Ascot's King George. This year's maximum, there's a maximum field of 12 runners, headed by the Hong Kong train champion Romantic Warrior, ridden by James MacDonald. Alligator Blood, winner of 15 races. Mr. Brightside, the best miler in the country, and winner of 10 million Aussie dollars in prize money. Zaki, another 10 million winner, and also the Melbourne Cup winner, Gold Trip. And Aidan O'Brien has sent down Victoria Road, a Breeders' Cup juvenile winner trying to emulate. Uh, Aidan's Adelaide, who won the Cox Plate nine years ago, but how are Aussies feeling about this year's Cox Plate? Who better to ask than Melbourne's current champion jockey Blake Shin, who's been called up by Aden to ride Victoria Road? Blake, on paper, it uh, does look a pretty classy lineup. But in your opinion, is it up to the standard of the, the really good Cox Plates we've seen?
6: The, the really good plates that might come to my mind are like the you know the the octagonal the northerlies um sun lions, them so look are, are, are there any of them in the field well it's it's hard to say you've got great horses like alligator alligator blood in in the race um is is he up to to like a northerly and a Sunline? well you know, he's, he's, the last season he's really built a great record, but, uh, you know, is it a vintage Cox Plate? Possibly not, but, um, you know, you've got some great horses in the race.
8: And we've got a favorite from overseas. We've got a, a Hong Kong-trained favorite in Romantic Charm. Now, you rode in Hong Kong for a long time, and you saw this horse actually develop and come into the championship status. Does it surprise you that he's actually favourite for the race?
6: Uh, no, it doesn't. Um, look what he did in in Hong Kong when I was there was, um, you know, pretty pretty spectacular. Uh, his win when, when James McDonald um, rode him, uh, I think it was in the QE QE two. Um, he he put a margin on you know an international uh, field. Um, his sectionals on that day were were amazing. Um, it doesn't surprise me that he's favourite, now.
8: And is he a horse to fear, in your opinion?
6: Um, not fear, no, but respect, yes.
8: You're riding Victoria Road for Aidan O'Brien. You've never ridden for Aidan before, but obviously you know him very well by reputation. Now, Victoria Road, what do you know about him? Look, I just, from, from just reading his form,
6: um, speaking to the lads, uh, TJ and, and Derek, who rides him, um, you know, they're very happy with how he's acclimatized uh, to Australia. He settled in well. Uh, his form, you know, is there for everyone to see. He's a British Cup winner. Um, his last run was, uh, you know, a, you know, a slashing third. Um, and hit the line well. He's had two runs back. He's peaking for this cox plate and he's on an upward spiral. And um, like I said, the reports from the lads that he's trained on nice. So he's he's hitting the cox plate in, in good form.
8: Now by European standards, the valley is a very tight track. You've drawn six of 12. Are you happy with that draw? Uh,
6: yes, I am. It's better than 12 of 12. <laughs> um, so mid packs okay, um, Alligator Bloods five, Romantic yeah. Warriors seven, you know Mr Brightside's two. Look, I'm in the vicinity of you know, a lot of the good chances so hopefully we can uh, execute the, the gates well and uh, you know get into a prominent position. Jumping well is quite vital um, from that two thousand meter start at Mooney Valley, and
8: a very short run to the first turn. Yes.
6: Two. So if you can begin well, it just gives you, a, you know, you know, a, a lot of options to, to to work out where you would
8: like to be. And if it's not you at the top of the straight, who's it going to be that's sailing down the outside?
6: Well, or up the inside, as it as as, it, as it's done uh, quite a few times, like a. Uh, Pinker Pinker or uh, Winx has done it, as we've seen up the rail. Um, so it'll be interesting how the track act plays, um, Jim, if it's a bit of rain about, as, as we're at Geelong uh, here today. Um, you know, you've got to respect horses like Romantic Warrior. Um, Mr. Brightside, with uh, my good friend Craig Williams on, he's won it, he's won it a couple of times before. Um... James McDonald on Romantic Warrior. As we say, we have to respect him. He was, obviously, they say he was in need of that run at um, Flemington in the Turnbull. So, look, I I, I would say it would be either Romantic Warrior, Mr Brightside, or uh, Alligator Blight. I I would like one of them three to win the race. I think they're they're worthy champions to, to win the race.
0: Blake Shin there, the man who is charged with riding Victoria Road for Aidan O'Brien, talking to J.A. McGrath, uh, who does sterling work for us on the Hong Kong racing and on the Australian racing, and they were talking at Mooney Valley. Now, one of the key contenders against Victoria Road, as Jim said in his introduction, is Alligator Blood, amazingly seeking to give Gay Waterhouse a first ever edition of the Cox Plate she has won everything else pretty much multiple times she's also been in the news everywhere you look this week horses in and out of the Melbourne Cup spending money at Tattersall's yearling sale Um, one of which was balance play 575 out of rave beckett's yard consigned by alex elliott to whom we spoke the other day we also spoke to johnny mckeever the man who with Gay's bloodstock agent claudia miller uh, bought this horse i mean with me now Gay, how do you go about putting all this together the whole team together and deciding which horses you want to buy to take down under and plunder some of these group one races
5: well, it's very much a, a combination of Rob's form. It, that, that's the bottom line. If Rob likes it on form, we like it. I look at it physically on the videos that they send me and I'll tell them what I don't like, what I don't think will work. Not enough push behind or too heavy in the shoulder. Uh, just different things like that. And then Claudia and over there this year representing us as our bloodstock manager. Johnny McKeever as uh, a bloodstock agent in England, and they're the, you know, excuse the pun, Johnny, on the spot, uh, and they're able to be there and get a feel of, you know, what's happening in the marketplace. So it works very well because you only have to look at the results, group one, the horse after group, and these aren't top-graded horses. Look, these are horses that are only really what we call benchmark or restricted horses being turned from the pigs here into the, the silk filter, so to speak.
0: And there's a lovely shot of, of Claudia Miller down the stairwell at Tats, clenching her fist and giving it a, a sort of subdued pump when when you secure uh, uh, the horse balance play. Now, is that because you gave some pretty specific instructions as to as to what you wanted and to not come back empty-handed? I gave a bit of a
5: bounce you get order to a now control because it was a particularly nice horse we particular wanted and, and, and that, that sits through their hands, I'm always a great believer in the one extra bit, if you really, if you really want, you know, uh, something, uh, and, uh, and so she had
3: had this sort of stern talking to me, and I don't think she's
0: going to the oh, sail, <laughs> So it all worked out beautifully, now you've got alligator blood running in the, in the cox plate this weekend, um, you seek a first victory in the race, amazingly gay, this horse looks incredibly credentialed. Group one, uh, 12 out of his last 13 starts, uh, coming into the race in as good form as ever. But seven years old, how have you managed to elicit improvement out of the horse at this age?
5: I think the biggest thing is to be able to uh, observe the horse. Uh, and I think most people who are horse trainers or handlers, it's your observation of the horse, seeing his mannerism, seeing how can I improve on that? And I'm a great believer if a horse is uptight, which he was when he came to us, uh, If you can get them to chill out. They can do whatever their ability can let them do, be it when they race or two or group
0: one races. And what is the most important factor in getting them to chill out? Is it the environment? Is it the rider? What would you do if you had a really uptight horse? Do you have a tried and tested formula for getting them to relax?
5: different things you know uh we use a lot of sand yards in australia you know where horses go out and can stay out in the night time in a sand yard uh, or they could be in a, and all our all our boxes are on straw which means the horse rests better uh we're very big on grain feed we don't use any pellets uh, uh and we the biggest thing is to get the horse to eat and if he's eating well and putting on the condition which this horse is probably four times the size of the horse we got now of course he's an older horse, but he is a seriously big horse. Changing their training, doing something different, getting them to the beach, working around a, a sand uh, track or for pony, just until you can get and tap into their brain and say, "This is what I want you to do, matey." You know, just put your head in, and this is what this is the way it's got to be, and it does work, and it works well.
0: And and I could if I were to try and list all your top level winners, all hundred and sixty five, hundred and seventy of them, I, I I'd be here all day. I just can't quite believe there's there's not a Cox plate in there already. It's so funny, you
5: know, Nick. I've won seven golden slippers, seven Metropolitans, a mile and a half, uh, you know, mile races, the Doncaster the Epsom, And the uh somehow this And I've had all my best horses over the years. Right after the finish, but it just hasn't been, so hopefully Alligator might produce
0: goods. Well, I've got a good feeling about it this time, and obviously we're turning our attentions to the Cup as well, which you won exactly ten years ago with, with Fiorente. What, who look to be the, the shortlist at the moment? I know you took a couple out this week. Who do you think definitely will and won't make it? I think we're, we're, we're,
5: we're one that's running under the radar is a horse called Time, And you might remember in 2022, <laughs> he bolted the English Derby in by 10 lengths. Now, this is a serious horse. It's really come right. He's talking about put condition on. You know, he's just amazing. He's built up. He's developed. He's chilled out. Uh, and, uh, you know... The, I think he's got a fantastic chance. We've got a horse that came from Tats called Military Mission. Mm. He's a great horse. And, you know, he's come right at the right time. And he's just a happy chappy. And, and very very well. we've got an old war horse that's a Sydney Cup winner called Night Tourder. So, you know, he runs on Friday night in the, in the, at the Valley in the Cup, there, 2,500 metres. And then, then he'll go on to the Melbourne Cup. So it's a nice, And they're all owned by multiple
0: areas, you know lots and lots of them, which is great gay waterhouse there and before that J. M. McGrath talking to blake shin oh my god all the stars today lee i can't keep up with this it's just i mean th- this is
1: if this doesn't win you awards nick then nothing ever will because they're, they're all on this program who have you got coming next anybody else that's lined up that you haven't told us about um
0: i don't th- i think we're done i think okay have a lie down now i think i think we are done um what i do need to uh, talk to you about however is what happened in parliament yesterday um because uh, matt hancock for it is he or it was he mp for west <laughs> suffolk still um i enjoyed john gosden talking about matt hancock on my sunday show the other day actually uh I'm not sure matt and- hancock will have done no, he possibly wouldn't have done. But uh, yesterday he was uh, beating the drum on behalf of horse racing, for which I'm sure everybody in the sport is is somewhat grateful, yep. and managed to rally some significant cross-party support. Um, I'm not going to go through every MP who was there and what they said, Lee, but which was the most significant intervention, did you think?
1: Uh, so it's a Westminster Hall debate, Nick. As you say, numerous MPs said the right things that we want to hear about horse racing. But for me, the one I would single out is the mp for barnsley east stephanie peacock who is Stuart andrew's shadow as the labor gambling uh, shadow minister labor gambling spokesperson and stephanie peacock has said uh, positive things about horse racing in the past and what she says what we hear from the labor party particular shadow ministers is important because there's a strong likelihood of an election, UK general election, at some point next year. I was floating the idea of May in my column on Monday. Words from Rishi Sunak yesterday in Parliament suggests that maybe he's thinking more about the autumn, although PMs like to surprise the opposition about when they call an election. But the point is, Nick... The betting tells you, the polls tell you, the recent by-elections tell you that it's highly likely we will have a Labour government and very probably one with a large, large majority that could see them through at least two terms. And therefore what the Labour what the Labour position is on this is important, also because it's a fair chance that the, the white paper will be timed out before the election, that has to be a factor as well. So what did Stephanie Peacock say in this Westminster Hall debate? She said, as well as ensuring the law protects children and adults vulnerable to gambling harms, it's important to ensure that the regulation recognises that millions of people enjoy betting safely and without harm. The government has to be clear on how it will ensure affordability checks are frictionless for consumers as they have promised. The Labour Party acknowledges the huge contribution horse racing makes to both our culture and our economy. It's really important that we protect the future of the industry. And I that of all the things that were said in this Westminster Hall debate yesterday, Nick, uh, members of British Racing's leadership will have been most encouraged by what was said
0: by Stephanie Peacock. All right, Lee, not long to go now. I'm going to need a tip for you in a moment, but news has just come through to us from Judmont about uh, their stallion situation for next year.
1: Yeah, it has, Nick. Uh, Chaldean, the 2000 Guineas winner. It seems like a long time ago that now. He has been retired and probably not surprisingly, Nick, because um, whilst his star shone bright on that first Saturday in May at Newmarket, his profile then dipped. He was beaten by Paddington in the St. James's Palace. And it has to be said, his career ended with two bitterly disappointing runs uh, at Deville, and then most recently on Saturday in the QE2, where he finished 49 lengths behind Big Rock. So his career didn't end as they would have wanted it to, and therefore it is no surprise he has been retired. They will obviously be promoting his Guinea's win. His a uh, fantastic pedigree as a son of Frankel, and he'll no doubt be popular with breeders, but I don't think he'll be remembered, Nick, as a particularly great 2000
0: Guineas winner. And now all you need to do is find me a particularly great selection for today.
1: Well, Nick, um, I am flying out to Australia this evening, assuming I have a decent crossover in Hong Kong. I'll be at Mooney Valley On Saturday, where Gay Waterhouse, as you've heard, might well win her first Cox Plate. However, my money is on the Chris Waller-trained three-year-old Militarise, who has looked very good at times. It's both a two-year-old and a three-year-old. He gets a heck heck of a weight allowance from the older horses, and I think he could just be too good for them at the weight. So for me, Militarise around 10-1 to in the Cox Plate on Saturday.
0: Wow, what a show. Thank you so much to everybody uh, for taking part. Gate Waterhouse, Bob Baffert, Blake Shin, J.A. McGrath, Olly Murphy, Jim Crowley, Lucinda Russell, Peter Scudamore, and Lee Mottishead. I will be back to do it again uh, tomorrow with an equally stellar lineup of guests. Hmm, I'll try anyway. <laughs> Bye for now.